0: Happy New Year and welcome to 2024 from all of us at the Radio Backyard Fence. How you doing today, friend, on this first day of the new year? I hope you're doing well. We have something good for you at the Radio Backyard Fence. This program is recorded. We've got one more recorded broadcast for you, and then we're back live tomorrow with something really special. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. Today, how do you let go and hold on at the same time? We had a guest actually in 2022 who came on the program, her name's Joanna Weaver, and we talked about embracing trust. And it was the year after that, that I actually gave this book away to you as thank you for your support. But it was that conversation back in September of 2022 that made me think we need to do that I believe so much in her message. I wanted to give you that. And so we're going to revisit that conversation that we had. My copy of Embracing Trust is Fallen Apart. This is a book that is written for women, but men can, you know, do you need trust? Do you need more trust in your life? Trust in God? I have found in the last year or so as I've thought about this, that this is the issue. This is the bedrock issue that we all need to hear and to grab onto. I need more trust in him and less trust in myself. (laughs) So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Thank you for tuning in today. Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Tricia is our producer. Nobody's answering the phones today. Don't call us. But we hope you enjoy what we have for you. I mentioned that tomorrow something special is going to happen. Yeah, he's back. Dr. Bill Thrasher, one of the favorite professors at Moody Bible Institute through the decades uh, from 1980s on, has written a book. We talked about it in the fall titled, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. How many people have you ever talked to who've said, you've asked them, how's your prayer life doing? Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. I just have a wonderful prayer life. And it's deep and every day it's... No, most of us struggle. And for some, it's a real struggle because you don't pray anymore. How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life is our thank you if you give a gift of any size to the program during January 866-95-FABRY is our number, 866-953-2279, or go to chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down, you'll see how to give right there, chrisfabrylive.org, and thank you for being a back fence friend or partner with us today. Joanna Weaver is the best-selling and award-winning author of Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World as well as having a merry Spirit and Lazarus Awakenings, a pastor's wife, mom of three, avid Bible teacher, podcaster. She loves speaking to women about the powerful freedom that's found in making Jesus Lord and trusting Him with things bigger than themselves. She lives with her family in Hamilton, Montana, which I see is near Fort Skedaddle, which I'd love to go to. Go to Missoula, head south, and you'll find her. Joanne. how you doing today?
1: Uh, it's so great to be with you, Chris. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Have you ever been to Fort Skidaddle?
1: No, and now I'm really intrigued.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it. It's the first thing that came up other than Hamilton, it said Fort Skedaddle. So you got to find out and tell us all about it. Uh, let, me, let me start with 22 plus, 22 and a half years ago, Having a Merry Heart came out. How did that
1: book change your life? Oh my goodness. Well, I just remember the main thing was just feeling so unqualified to write the book because. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, I've always been a fellow struggler, you know, uh, raised in the church. I, I love Jesus with all my heart, but I couldn't really figure out how to have that personal relationship I knew he wanted to have with me. And so really that book just came out of my journey with him as the Lord just said, Joanna, you know, my heart was so much for ministry and doing big things for Jesus. And he He just said, I, I didn't choose you to use you. I chose you to know you and that you could know me. And so out of that journey with him came that book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. And uh, honestly, what the Lord has done with it, uh, it really is kind of a beautiful thing. It's all about him and not about me.
0: Okay, so what you just said is going to be eye-opening because a, a lot of people think, you know, I come and I bring my talents and my gifts to God I lay them before him, and he's going to take them and he's going to multiply and do what he wants to do with them. But what you just said, knowing God, having a relationship with him, th- that is what you uh, build your, your spiritual life on. It's not what He may do with you, how He may use you. So you're, you're uh, dragging us kicking and screaming away from the utilitarian approach to God, right?
1: Oh my goodness, yes. Please, Lord, get us away from the utilitarian, because there really isn't any life there. I mean, I, I spent so much of my young adult Christian life trying to be good and do good, But it was always kind of apart from Him. uh, You know, I knew I was saved by grace and I had heaven one day, but I didn't realize that the same grace that saves us is the grace that is available to transform and change us. And as I've just, you know, just just invested in staying connected to the vine out of that relationship has come fruit. At least I pray there has been fruit. And I pray that it's not just fruit of the flesh, but it's really fruit of the Spirit of God that that He can use to also feed others.
0: I was surprised when I saw that this came out in 2000 because it felt like it had been out there a lot longer than that, you know? Uh, and I'm not trying to age you any more than you already are, so <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being faithful. And, and what I love about what you just said was... You felt very unqualified to write that, to, to speak that, and look at what God has done through in, in and through that message, not again to go back to the utilitarian, but setting people free. And I think that there are a lot of people who are listening who feel that way. Well, I can't do that. I'm not qualified to lead that mm-hmm. study or to have that group you know, at work or in my home or, or whatever. And don't let the enemy disqualify you before you ever trust that God can can work in and through you, right?
1: Oh, amen. Amen. You know, I the thing that is so beautiful about the Lord is that, uh, you know, we've heard it said, He doesn't call the qualified, but He qualifies the called. And, you know, there was just a phrase that a speaker said that really set me free, because Part of the problem is, is that ministry of any kind and doing something for Jesus is a wonderful, wonderful goal. But unfortunately, it's fancy food for the flesh. <laughs> yeah. And so we can either let fear or inadequacy hold us back, or we can let pride and ego drive us forward. But when we just, you know, this, these were the words that set me free. Deepen the message. Let God broaden the ministry. And I've just found that so powerful because as I, again, come back to that beautiful, sweet relationship that the Lord wants to have with us, um, then the fruit just happens. I don't have to force it. I don't have to make it. It's an overflow of a life that's lived in His presence. And, And yet even then... I'm so imperfect at that, and and I think that that's why this message of trust is so important. Because if we secretly believe it's all up to us, that 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 Bible study teaching that Bible study that somehow we're going to miss it or we're going to mess it up, um, or 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 won't we be wonderful and won't God be glad that He chose us? <laughs> you know, right. one of two two extremes. We're going to constantly just. Uh, We're going to live apart from Him. We're going to be doing it in our own strength rather than tapping into His. And so, you know, I would just say to that listener who either it's fear holding them back or pride perhaps a little bit uh, put out with the fact that somebody else was chosen for that position, you can trust the Lord. Let Him build His kingdom in you. Before he builds his kingdom through you, because I really think that's his biggest goal for each and every one of us.
0: Finish that quote, though deepen the message, let God
1: let broaden the ministry.
0: Broaden the ministry, okay. All right, so I've got to uh, <laughs> write that down. I've got, to, um, I've got to ask you a hard question, though, because embracing trust, it looks like it's just fantastic, that it's going to help a lot of people but you have a number of people behind you on the team as this comes out and you want it to be a success. How do you not manipulate, you know, uh, you've gone as deep as you can with this message. How do you let go of something that's as important as the launch of a, of a new book? And let me let you think about that for just a couple of minutes. We'll come back and we'll talk more with Joanna Weber and we're to get to embracing trust The Art of Letting Go and Holding On to a Forever Faithful God. Can you let go and hold on at the same time? Joanna says yes. What are the 10 signs you might have trust issues? You'll hear about that and a whole lot more straight ahead on Moody Radio. You may have read... The book that Joanna Weaver wrote a number of years ago, more than two decades ago, Having a Mary Heart in a Martha World, M-A-R-Y Heart in a Martha World. Her latest is Embracing Trust, the Art of Letting Go and Holding on to a Forever Faithful God. We're going to talk about those 10 signs that you might have trust issues. Some of you are already saying, I don't need to take a test. I already know I have trust issues. But I want you to answer that. It's a really hard question for someone who has a new book out, you know, or somebody who's in the public eye. Uh, And that is, how do you live out that, deepen the message, let God broaden the ministry, when uh, you're invested so much in what you've done and other people, you know, your publisher is as well?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Chris. You know, I'm blessed, however, to have some really unique history with God. So when Mary Hart came out twenty over twenty years ago, I I felt very much that God had me on a short leash. He did not allow me to have a website. I had no social media presence. Um, I had done what he asked me to do. I did everything that the publisher asked me to do, but um, the rest was really kind of to be in His hands, and so it was kind of a beautiful time because it was completely outside of my control. I worked hard. Believe me, I worked hard, but God in his sovereignty, Oh my goodness, his sovereignty chose to kiss that book with his favor. And, and it began word of mouth, began to grow. And six years later, when my other book came out, which is a whole nother story, Chris, because I'm the world's slowest writer, and what I thought God was going to do with my life, He decided to do something different, took me into a dark night of the soul, but again, met me in such powerful ways that that began, became the second book. But back to that first book, six years later, when Having a Merry Spirit came out, Having a Merry Heart was on the top of the bestseller list. And everybody said, oh, my goodness, that was so brilliant. How did you time that? (laughs) Well, it was God. It was God alone. And I remember my publisher saying, I'm really sorry. We didn't really do a whole lot with that book. And I said, I know. And neither did I. And isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes, it is. So right there, you are. You're letting go. You're showing how letting go and letting God, you know, grab a hold of that and do what He wants with it, and and that's that follows with our with all of our lives. There was an email. I'm sorry, a Facebook response to our program today. Who says I'm in this season right now of uh, trust or not trust, and it's dealing with my marriage. The ebb and flow of fear and peace is exhausting until I visualize Jesus all around me, holding my hand, walking forward with me. It's His presence and His Word that sustains me day by day, hour by hour. So for some people, the whole thing about trust is a relational issue, or there's something going on in life that you didn't... Like you just mentioned, you know, what you thought would happen didn't happen, and so it leads you down a spiral. So what... I, let me just give you a huge question. What does it mean to trust? What, what, is, yeah. what does that word mean?
1: Well, you know the, dic- the dictionary it, it, um, it defines us as a firm a firm belief in the reliability, the, the ability, the strength and the wisdom of someone or someone else something or someone else. And so, you know, this has probably been the most revolutionary thing for me, Chris, is is so many times we make our christianity about about our ability to work up enough faith. About all the shoulds and the coulds and the oh, I have to be this and I have to be that. But as I've studied trust and and what it looks like to let go and surrender so that we can hold on to God, not not have faith in an outcome, but actually have faith in the faithfulness of our God, it is it is so blowing my mind because I'm seeing God in a brand new way. This, this whole idea of, of trust isn't based on our ability, but on His trustworthiness. And when we step back from the weeds of our situation, oh my goodness, they can be so overwhelming at times. Uh, we can get so overwhelmed with the impossibilities. And when we can't see the solution either in ourselves or the resources around us, then our faith begins to waver. But when we're able to step back, and I I call it the four unshakable truths, where we say, God is good. He loves me. I belong to Him. And He takes care of His own. As we begin to invest in drilling down into those four unshakable truths, and really of those four, only one is our responsibility, and that's fully surrendering our lives and our hearts to Him. Well, He obligates Himself to take care of that which is committed to him. And I, I don't know, I, this whole study, I feel like if, if this book doesn't change anyone else, oh my goodness, it's changed <laughs> me. Yeah. Because I see him in a way I've never seen him before. I see that he is so faithful and trustworthy, but it's not necessarily on my timeline and it rarely follows my agenda or what I think should or should not happen. I just have to trust him with that as well.
0: I think what you said just at the beginning of that that it's not faith in an outcome is yeah. really really it's 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 ho- horrific and it's beautiful at the same time because I want my religion my christianity to have all the answers for me about all the things that I <laughs> that I don't understand and I find the longer I live the more job like uh, you know, the things that just don't make sense to me. And God is asking, are you going to trust me, or are you going to trust in what you can understand about me? And faith is not finding the answers to all of those questions. It's really placing your trust in what you just said, a God who is forever faithful to you, forever loving to you, in the middle of uh, when he didn't act like I thought he would. I thought he was going to, you know, uh, my unsaved friend was going to fall down at the altar. You know, I, I thought my family member was going to be healed of this. It didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to. Am I going to trust him? In the, the Savior goes to the cross. The disciples are watching him walk up to Golgotha, and they're having those same questions. Why do we think we are exempt?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think we secretly or subconsciously think this is supposed to be heaven and it's not, you know, uh, and yet at the same time, we were made for perfection and there is Mm -hmm. a hunger for everything to make sense. But I think we've got, for me anyway, I've got to be careful and I've got to ask this question, which tree am I eating from? Because when I insist on understanding, when I insist on everything making sense, in a sense, I'm eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the temptation that Satan used against Adam and Eve. He said, eat this fruit and you will be like God. You will have all understanding and all knowledge. And so they seized back control. And that distrust that Satan sowed in their hearts that got them kicked out of the garden He still wants to sow in our hearts as well. And yet Jesus hung on another tree so that we could partake from the tree of life. But that means we're going to have to stop eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we're going to have to trust that only God knows what is truly good. And even when bad bad things come, He's our great Redeemer. And He takes everything that the enemy meant for evil. And He works it not only for our good, but His glory, because there is this incredible story that we have a chance to be a part of. And you brought up Job. I find it really interesting that the story of Job, chronologically, scholars believe, was very near the beginning of the Bible, somewhere between Genesis 11 and 12. And so you've got this story of Adam and Eve who who distrust God and actually vilify him, thinking that he, he wants he wants less than the best for their lives, that, that he's withholding God good. And then we have the story of Job who lived a perfect life and yet every, all of the blessings were stripped away. And yet he declares, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? And so here we have this, we have the same challenge when trouble slams into our lives. Will I vilify God or will I vindicate him by choosing to trust him? Because I really, really, really believe that when it all is stripped away, it comes down to this this very question, will I trust God? Will I bow my knee or will I raise my fist?
0: But trust does not mean that you never doubt or that you never have a hard time. Otherwise, we wouldn't have most of the Psalms that we have. Amen. You know, the, the struggle. Amen. It's a struggle that we are in and exactly. it's okay to struggle, Right.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just as it isn't a sin to be tempted, it's not a sin to be afraid, but it's what we do with it. And I think that that's the key because the enemy wants us just to believe the lie that it's all up to us, that we've got to fix it, that someone else has ruined our lives, that we'll never be okay ever again. So we've got to be angry. We've got to hold on to resentment or we've got to seize back control. All of the things that are linked to distrust. But when we can just pull back again, pull back a little bit and see that we're not alone, that we have a God who loves us, who is powerful, and who wants to redeem everything that touches our lives, then all of a sudden life can kind of be an adventure. Now, can, let me just say, it does not mean that it's easy. In fact, I, you know, talk about being a fellow struggler with the first book. I am a fellow struggler. <laughs> This one as well. And one day I can wake up trusting God, even when things are difficult, I can see spiritually for miles. And the very next day I can wake up fogged in by fear and doubt, wondering if anything will ever be okay again. And yet, if I'll just... Bring it to him, and I think that's what the enemy doesn't want. He wants our questions, he wants our fear and our doubt to become a wedge between our hearts and God, rather than something that pushes us closer to Him.
0: It strikes me that um, that having a Mary heart is a, a lot, a lot like this book because the difference between Mary and Martha is one's busy, ones one looks real spiritual. And it's the other who just sits at the feet of Jesus and learns and and lives you know lives out her faith that jesus commands not that not that we ought to not be busy about the the work that God gives us, but just busyness doesn't show you know isn't isn't the way to the heart of god to to make him happy with us, right,
1: yeah. Exactly, exactly. I love the story of Mary and Martha. After 22 years, I still (laughs) get so inspired by this story. Because, you know, it wasn't just that moment in luke chapter 10 where where jesus said martha martha you're worried and upset about many things mary has chosen the better part and won't be taken care- away from her that story ends there but then we go to john 11 in the middle of absolute grief the very worst thing that could happen Mary and Martha send word to Jesus, your brother is sick. Your, the, the one you love is sick. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus stays where he is two more days. And doesn't that mess with our theology? And doesn't that undermine our trust? And yet, Chris, it's so amazing because when they hear that Jesus is coming, it isn't Mary that leaves the house and runs down the road to meet Jesus. It's Martha. It's Martha. And she makes this great declaration of faith. After she, after she expresses her, her frustration, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But then she goes right on to say, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And with those words, I believe that Martha handed Jesus the quill of her will. She said, Lord, this is how I want the story to end, but I trust you to write the very best story of all. And that's the trust that we're invited to as well.
0: Joanna Weaver is with us. Embracing trust is our subject here today. And I wonder, uh, I haven't given you the phone number yet. I wonder if there's somebody listening who was like our our friend on uh, Facebook who said, "This this is where I'm living right now. And it's my marriage that's the struggle. Or maybe you are up against some insurmountable financial thing or a health crisis or something with your kids or something with your parents or, you know, what? what is the, the place where you have been stretched to trust in God, even though you can't, you don't know what the outcome is going to be? Is this touching a nerve in your soul today? Here on the very first day of 2024. Happy New Year, by the way. This is Chris Fabry Live. We're not live with you today. We had Joanna Weaver on a little earlier this year, but she was with us in September of 2022. And it hit me right between the eyes. If it's doing the same for you, there's something going on in your heart and your soul that is good Embracing Trust is the title of the book. We have it linked at the website, subtitled The Art of Letting Go and Holding On to a Forever Faithful God. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio on the very first day of 2024. Thanks for tuning in our way today. I hope this program is encouraging you to embrace trust. We'll get right back to Joanna Weaver here in just a moment. Part of trusting God means that you allow him access to the pain, to the hurt, to the struggles, and maybe the mistakes of your past that you have a lot of deep regret about so that you can become a healing presence to others. That's what CareNet does with their ARC program. You've heard me talk about the great work that CareNet is doing to help women and men choose life. ARC stands for Abortion Recovery and Care. They provide resources and programs that connect, equip, and support those who need healing for themselves or others. There's not only forgiveness for a choice that you deeply regret in your past, there's healing, there's hope. Find out more about that program, ARC, for yourself or maybe someone you know. Click CareNet at chrisfabrylive.org. Again, someone you know needs the ministry of CareNet in their lives. Click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org. Embracing Trust, The Art of Letting Go and Holding On to a Forever Faithful God, is written by Joanna Weaver. She joined us in September of 2022. And that's the conversation you're hearing right now. The question for you, Joanna, is how do I really know that I'm trusting God? If I'm trusting, what will that look like in my life?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's probably maybe a little bit different for each personality because we each have our own personal struggles, places where we find trust comes easy and places where trust comes hard. But here's here's as I was just kind of wrestling with this message and and kind of trying to understand the vocabulary of faith. You know, what does that actually look like? Um, This is kind of what I came down to. Faith has always seemed a little ethereal to me. You know, I I have faith in Christ. I know I'm saved by faith, not by works. Um, I'm in the faith. You know, I know that I need to activate my faith, but it's always just felt a little tenuous, and so. I've just kind of come to the understanding, at least for me, that while faith is a noun, trust is a verb. I know when I'm trusting and I know when I'm not. It shows up in the things I turn to when I'm frustrated or feeling empty inside, the places I run to for help, you know, whether I go to Google or God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, I think that if we can look at it that way. You know, when, when trouble comes, what's my first thought? Well, I have to confess. Usually my first thought is fear or, oh, I've got to take control or, oh, somebody better fix this. But what I'm asking the Lord to do is update my operating system <laughs> so that rather than when something happens, rather than allowing fear to trigger panic, that it would trigger trust instead. Um, David writes and I. Psalms 56.3, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. And and for me, I've just realized, you know, something happens. My immediate natural instinct is to spiral into fear or go into fix-it mode. But if I can just try to interrupt that and invite God into the equation— To look to him for wisdom, to look for to him for help, Um, rather than spiraling into the self-help mentality or just absolute terror, just inviting him in because he really. Here's the thing: I don't think we understand. He really wants to help us. This is a personal God we serve who wants to actively be involved in our lives, but we're going to have to make room for him. And often, my lack of trust. You know he he doesn't move fast enough for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it is not.
0: It's not. Uh, I think the enemy wants to to be, have ourselves beat ourselves up when mm. we get into a place when you know the the trigger uh, trigger comes or the net you you step into the net one more time and you. You exemplify some distrust, <laughs> whether God's going to show up here or not, and then you start living in your own, you know, what am I going to do to figure this out? How can I manipulate this so that I get? It's like, it is a. it's the grace of God that will snap you out of that mm. and will help you realize, you know what? Who am I really trusted in here? Am I trusted in myself or am I trusted in Him? That's a work of the Spirit in your heart and life. And rather than God being angry at that, God is kind and He's helping you.
1: Yeah absolutely. You know, one of the favorite little stories I came across as I was writing the book is the writer of that old hymn, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." Louisa Stead was a young mama. She had lost her husband. He drowned while trying to save a young boy off Long Island Sound. And uh, she was really struggling to make ends meet. And yet she just had this quiet trust you know, oh, there were days where, of course, she was fearful, but she kept turning her heart to the Lord, and he kept coming through in just some sweet little ways. And one day she heard a knock on the door, she went out and saw that someone had left a package of food and some money. And when she came back in, she wrote those words that we're so familiar with, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." just to take him at his word. And I love the one phrase where she says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace. To trust him more, it really is a work of the spirit. This is not something that we can work up on our own. In fact, one uh, an obscure translation of one of Paul's verses where it says, uh, "We do not walk by we walk by faith and not by sight." I love this obscure translation. I wish I could remember. Maybe it was the Moffat. It says, "We live our life without seeing him. We live by faith without seeing him." And I think if we're willing. Just to believe what He says above what we see, above what we feel. And believe me, I, just this week, I just had to bring myself back from the edge of fear and, uh, and even self-loathing, to be honest, Chris. Because mm-hmm. I, I had felt I had messed it up. And, and uh, because I had messed it up, how could God ever use it? And I realized once again, oh, Joanna. You're you're leaning on your own understanding. But if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Even in the middle of this, what feels like a mistake, feels like you missed a beautiful opportunity. If you'll acknowledge Him and invite Him into the equation, He'll go before you and He'll make the path straight and that's really i i mean it sounds so overly simplistic and yet i think sometimes we complicate our christianity more than we need mm-hmm. to so you know, it is just it,
0: it it strikes me that as you're talking there's there may be somebody listening who's Who's facing you know something and you say, boy, I wish I'd trusted God like you guys are talking about. It's not the level of trust, you know. Th- this is an opportunity, whatever it is that you know you fill in the blank with today. This is an opportunity for you to take God at His word, to really lean on him and not your own understanding, as Joanna is saying and see see if it's true that he really cares about mm. you and that that you that he is worthy of your trust. I think that's one of the things that we, you know, uh, try, I used to be deathly afraid of going over bridges when I was a kid because there was this bridge that where I grew up that fell around Christmas time. And a lot of people died. And so anytime we go over a bridge Uh, I would, you know, I just, uh, in the back seat, (laughs) I wouldn't know what to do. You know, where are you going to go? If we're going down, we're going to be in the water, you know? And I was just, I just was so scared of that. And now I drive over these mile long bridges and never think about it. It's because deep inside, I really trust the people who put this thing together, you know, trust the governmental authorities that did the inspection and maybe I shouldn't, but I do, I do it without thinking. Right. Can I take God that way? Can I cross this bridge of my life and really believe that He cares, that the pillars are going to hang on, and I'm going to make it across from this side to that side, and it's going to be okay? Um, that's really what you're talking about. So I'm hoping that there's somebody, and maybe it's Sue in Franklin, Tennessee, who will be helped today. Embracing Trust, Joanna Weaver's our guest. Here's Sue. Why did you call today, Sue?
2: Well, I'm hearing you tell my story. (laughs) Um, I identify with everything uh, that you guys have been talking about. Um, I have a very personal God who has shown up in spectacular ways in my life. I know he's out there. I know he has a plan for me. And um, I feel very, very strongly that he's put me on the path that I'm on and um, now that my education in the field is done, and um, I have put a lot of money and gone into a lot of debt to build the foundation of what I feel God wanted me to do, and I'm stuck. I do have that beautiful website with nothing happening, I do have a social media uh, presence, nothing happening. It's crickets and um there are several ways i could go and one of them recently i felt like god uh, was giving me inspiration about um the book idea and i've never written a book and you know it doesn't seem the most profitable to me um compared to some of the other ideas i have and um you know that are more typical in my line of work and, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm listening. I'm afraid I missed the boat somewhere. I know God will make it good. Okay, right
0: there, right there. I'm afraid yeah. I missed the boat somewhere. The, that fear, or I've expanded all this energy and all of this money, and it's not coming around like I thought it was going to, so the outcome is not there. So, Sue, I want you to hang on. Won't will and to talk with you after we take a quick break here. Boy, this hour is flying by. Embracing Trust by Joanna Weavers, our featured resource, The Art of Letting Go and Holding On to a Forever Faithful God. What does that mean in Sue's life? What does it mean in yours? We'll talk more about that straight ahead on Moody Radio. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. Thanks a lot for listening today on this very first program of the new year. We chose Joanna Weaver and a conversation about embracing trust because (laughs) you can hear it even as I listen back to it. I just got hit right between the eyes and maybe that's what's happening with you. Part of what we've talked about in this hour is prayer and how our prayer life really exhibits whether we trust God or not, or how deeply we trust him. And tomorrow, Dr. Bill Thrasher is going to be with us. Our thank you this month is How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. It's a little book. I guarantee you, it'll energize your prayer life. It's not going to make you feel guilty. It's going to make you feel energized to connect with the heart of God. Give a gift of any size at the website is the easiest way to do it. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. ChrisFabryLive.org. Joanna, we were talking with Sue in the break. She's an in interior design. You identify a lot with her story, don't you?
1: Oh my goodness, yes. I um- You know, I think being in the online space is really takes a lot of trust because you can work really, really hard. And I just want Sue to know that she's not alone in that, where you've put everything you have and all all that you are into this project and that yet it seems like crickets at some times. You know, as I was working on this book... You know, the idea of trust, so many times it kind of feels a little fatalistic, like, well, you just need to trust God. It's kind of our Christian band-aid that we tell everybody else, but we don't really appreciate a lot when it's applied to us. But what does that look like? I mean, because, yes, I need to trust God, but does that mean I just throw up my hands and abdicate any responsibility? And that's why I think it's so important, first of all, just start with surrender. And I I talk about in the book so many points of surrender that the Lord has has called me to on my journey with Him, and especially in ministry, places where I stepped out in obedience and thought I was doing exactly what the Lord wanted. And yet, again, the flesh had kind of grown up around it. And once again, I had to to lay down my dream. I have a whole chapter on living beyond your dream. when God gives us this dream, like he did Joseph, what is our responsibility? And yet what isn't our responsibility? And so, you know, the thing that just, I I so appreciate about the story of Joseph was he didn't wait for his dream to come true, to be faithful to God. He simply worked where he was and he did it with such zeal and excellence that he rose up through the ranks, <laughs> you know in Potiphar's house, he served with such excellence he he was made the overseer of the house, and then, when he was falsely accused and thrown into prison he he didn't just give up in self-pity and say, "Why even bother? Why even try?" He didn't give in to resentment and anger and bitterness instead, he got up to serve and I think if we're willing to do what we can do and trust God with the rest. I believe that the Lord is going before us. One of my favorite parts of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is, is as we do not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, even in this this place of where there's no result, and, oh, Sue, I have been there, worked my tail off, and there is nothing really to show for it, but acknowledge that God is with me, that I have not missed it, and I have not messed it up, that I've done what James once said, I've asked for wisdom, and He has generously given it Not not always in my timing, but always in his way. And as I just trust him with the next thing and the next thing. And when I do make a mistake, I repent and then I get up and obey. The Lord is going before us and He's making our path straight. And I always imagine when I read that part of the scripture of this runner that my grandma had down her hallway in her apartment and traffic would make it kind of rumpled and pretty soon those rumples would get so big you'd trip over them. And some days I feel myself standing on that rug and I'm only an inch high and that rumple looks like an impossible, impassable mountain. But as I trust the Lord with all my heart, as I refuse to give in to fear, but I say, Lord, I invite you into this equation. You are with me. You know the way I should go. Give me the wisdom and then give me the strength and grace to do what you ask. He's the one that goes before me. And rumple by rumple, he's making my path straight. So I would just say, Sue, just keep holding on to Jesus. You haven't missed it and you haven't messed it up. You just keep your heart open to his wisdom and his guidance and just trust that he's leading you in the way you should go. I, I really believe he's got wonderful things for you, my friend.
0: Well, looking at her website, it's like she's ready to, even if yeah. she hasn't, you know, she's prepared. If somebody comes knocking, so if you're in Nashville, email me, I'll tell you. Uh, so what's a, um, what's a prayer for Sue? What, what would you, if you were in Sue's situation, what you, would you be praying every day?
1: Well, I think most of all, I would just be praying, Lord, deliver me from all my fears. Because um, these are legitimate. (laughs) These are legitimate fears. And I think that's the beautiful thing about trusting God is He doesn't doesn't ask us to deny reality. Uh, I love Romans where it talks about Abraham and it says, Abraham faced facts. (laughs) He faced the facts. He wasn't in denial, but he still believed God with unwavering faith. And that again is this work of the Holy Spirit within us. And I, you know, I think I would just pray, Lord, would you just give Sue wisdom for today? Show her the one thing, Lord, don't let us get caught up in the many. What's the one thing you would have her do today? And then Lord, as she obeys that, I just trust that you're going to show her the next and the next and the next, because he's a good shepherd and he loves to lead us in the way we should go.
0: (sighs) What a great prayer here at the end of the program. And maybe that's exactly what we need for this new year of 2024, to ask that question, what is the one thing you want me to do today, Lord? Not the, for the rest of the year, just just right now, today. What's the one thing? Is it to forgive that person that you can't forgive, that you've been holding on to for a long time? Is it to reach out in love to somebody that you can't get along with? Is it to receive the forgiveness of God for something that you did way back when? A lot of people call the program and talk about that. I think this is one of the ways that the enemy hangs on to us and grabs our heart and holds us back. And what we help him because we don't really believe that God has the power to forgive us. But would you choose to do that today? to believe in the forgiveness and the mercy that God has extended to you so that you can have your heart restored and that a path to new life will be opened up. I don't know what that one thing is for you today, but I really believe God has the power to reach into your heart and change you from the inside out. Uh, you know, we don't uh, didn't set off any fireworks here today on the, the first program of 2024. But I tell you this, if you will surrender your life to God, if you will embrace trusting him with a whole heart, he will do something on the inside. And that is transformation. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's not about toeing the line or trying harder or trying to make God happy with you. It's about transformation. And you can't do that on your own. Only God can. Find out more about Joanna's book at chrisfabrylive.org. Embracing Trust is the title. Thank you, friend, for listening today. And always remember, Chris Fabry Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.